What's up, sons and daughters? This is Sam Jesse, and I am back with the crew from the Locks to Saturday, Robert, Brett, Chris, and Ed. We are coming off of, well, about the polar opposite kind of game of what we were coming off of last week where the Hokies were able to finish a game at North Carolina State. The Hokies uh, did not finish this one against the Hurricanes, but that's okay because we're not worried about that right now. We are worried about the NFL championship round playoffs. Fellas, last week, the best week of NFL football ever? NFL playoff football best weekend ever? I don't know, but yeah. it was pretty darn good. I, I don't think it's hyperbole. There were some great games historically, but every single game being what they were, I think you won't see that for quite some time. Those were all phenomenal football games. Every single one of them. Yeah, I, I don't think you'll ever see a weekend like that ever again. Let's go over what happened last week. Uh, the Bengals were able to beat the Titans Brett and myself had Bengals money line. Chris, you had Bengals plus three and a half. Uh, 49ers with the upset over the Packers. A, I would say it was a wild game, but quite frankly, it was a pretty boring game. Not a lot of offense. A lot of people were on the 49ers. A lot of the money was on the 49ers. As a podcast, we all took the Packers. It turns out we were wrong. 49ers win that one on a walk-off field goal. Rams-Bucks. An instant classic game. Robert, congratulations. You had Rams money line in that one. The rest of us had Bucks minus two and a half. You held on for dear life on that Rams money line. I mean, how much were you sweating the end of that game? Never a doubt. Never a doubt. And then maybe. Tom Brady, whatever. He's and then washed. It could only be top. Retiring. By maybe the greatest. I. I would say the best NFL playoff game I've ever watched, to be honest with you, was the Bills and the Chiefs. Robert, you and I had Chiefs minus two. Brett and Chris had the Bills money line. Um, I came on here and said the over. That was my number one pick for that. The over hit pretty darn easily at the end of that one. A co- what a game. coin flip. A coin flip decided the winner of that one. Let's be honest. That was I mean, whoever scores last the over, game. The over essentially relied on a two-point conversion with two minute with a minute and what? No, two minutes to go pretty much. If that if they Bills didn't get that two-point conversion, that over was dead. I I just I don't think we will ever see I don't think we'll ever see a game like that again. I really don't. I, I don't think you can script a game to end like that. Patrick Mahomes had 127 yards passing after the two-minute warning. Let, let me ask you this. Bills win the coin flip. Do they win the game? Yeah. The way that game yeah. was going with Josh Allen was yeah, I mean, another offense. Nobody could stop yeah. anybody. At that yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. That, that, that plus two is just not indicative of necessarily the Bills being overhyped. and waited. It was just in that point in the game, the coin decided who won that game. They have a oh. good teams win. Great teams Great cover. Great teams cover, and the Kansas City Chiefs 
covered that one. Well, looking forward to next weekend, we're going to help you. We're going to look at the two games for this weekend and some prop bets as well. And if you want to bet on those prop bets, head over to DraftKings. There are four teams remaining in the NFL playoffs, and that means only four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just five dollars just five dollars and you can get 280 dollars in free bets if your team wins not a new customer you can still experience conference championships with same game parlays combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout the more legs you add the more money you can win maybe one of you brought a parlay to the table tonight we'll find out DraftKings is safe it's secure it's reliable and the best of all you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code SOS and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code SOS for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Virginia only, new customers only, restrictions apply, See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call the Virginia Problem Gambling Helpline at 888-532-3500. Robert, could you repeat for me, uh, what was that state that was mentioned there in the ad read? Uh, It actually wasn't a state. It was a commonwealth. (laughs) The commonwealth of Virginia. That's right. We are live in the state that we have a listener base in. It's great. Yeah, we got it. We're so happy. If you are in Virginia and you have not signed up yet, sign up with DraftKings, promo code SOS, bet $5 and you get $280 in free bets right there. Can't beat it. Can't beat that deal. And fellas, let's go over what the people should bet on this week. And let's start in the AFC. The Cincinnati Bengals are plus seven and plus 245 money line against the aforementioned Kansas City Chiefs. This game will be on CBS at 3 o'clock, and the over-under is set at 54. Brett, your name starts with a B, and we're going in alphabetical order. So kick us off. All right, Bengals, Chiefs. Um, geez, I like I want to pick Burrow so bad, but I think the Chiefs played probably the second-best team in the NFL last week. And whereas I knew the Titans, Derrick Henry was coming back, but you can still tell he wasn't 100%. The Bengals and Joe Burrow, it's hard to get bet against Joe Burrow right now as well with that offense. But I think the Chiefs are just too much right now. They're looking true to form where they were um, like last year and the year before. They struggled like we talked about last week in the middle of the season. That raised some questions. Obviously, the secondary raised some questions last week, but I really think that those teams were just absolutely exhausted towards the end of the game. Those teams secondary pretty much played well the whole game until the last, I don't know, two minutes, I guess, really. So I don't think the secondary draws too much concern, even with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. So I still think the Chiefs are going to get it done. Um, that's going to want I'm ha- going to hammer. I'm actually going to take the under here. I think that the, I think last week um, the Chiefs put it all out on the table. I still think they dominate this game. But I'm thinking like 31 to 17-ish. I don't think it's going to break that 50 mark. 
I was kind of on the same cusp as Brett, kind of waffling between do I really believe in Joe Burrow and going into his very first kind of deep playoff run championship level type experience. Obviously, it's in Kansas City. They've been there before. This is a team that, for the most part, has a lot of the elements of its prior uh, Super Bowl winning roster in place, at least the main elements of it. And I believe this is, what, the fourth time in the row that Kansas City has hosted the AFC Championship game. Do I have that right? All right I'm getting thumbs up there, so hosted, I do believe that's right. Did they host it the first year? Like the, I believe so. I know the had, year they lost to the Patriots. I can't it, remember that was, if that was in Foxborough. Okay, that, that was a home game for Kansas City. So that's, in and of and itself, yes. pretty unprecedented. Um, but I'm actually, the more and more I look into it, Seven just seems like a lot of points here. Um, For me, it was just, I think Joe Burrow, the way that he is able to play right now, and last week was a specific example of it, it doesn't seem like even going against and what you normally see in the playoffs is whenever the quarterbacks play these really elite defensive lines, they get hurried, their eyes drop, they stop losing uh, their focus kind of downfield. He, I don't know if it's just the youth in him, but he doesn't seem phased by that. And I just don't see that same level of duress. In fact, he got sacked, what, nine times last week by the Titans? Um, and I believe he was pressured on, I can't remember how many percentage of his passes. Uh, but to go from that and then go on to this game and have a lesser pass rush and a weaker secondary that he's going against, and he still put up what was like 300-plus yards of passing, and have the weapons that he does. I just feel like if Josh Allen and the Buffalo offense was one of the best offenses, I don't think we give the respect that Cincinnati is also one of the better offenses, uh, specifically in the AFC as well. And so I'm, I'm, I'm usually one that thinks that you don't normally take a spread and take the points if you don't think the team can win. I actually do feel like there's a scenario here where Cincinnati could pull this out because we've seen crazy uh, lesser wild card type underdog teams win out in in a playoff race. Um, Most people are going to think that's the San Francisco 49ers, but the Chiefs, they don't scare me, at least from a defensive standpoint, uh, the way that uh, they've had to play the last few, excuse me, the, the last team in the Titans with their defensive line. So I feel like Burrow can score pretty much I will the same way Josh Allen was and seven points is a lot, even if this is like a last minute cover on a desperation drive to kind of get down the field towards the end of the game. Um, also of note, you know, just to kind of back this with some trends, Cincinnati, one of the better teams in the league this year at covering the spread. They're 12 and seven with a 4.9 margin of victory. Uh, so they do tend to be able to keep games close. And that's not only a testament to the really good offense, but they actually have a pretty, at least at best average type defense. And so uh, I know Kansas City, because of the emotion of that last game, because they're at home, because they've been there before, that explains the seven point spread. I just don't think that this game is going to be decided by more than a touchdown. I forgot to uh, mention it at the beginning of this game, but if you guys have any props or any conference specials that are on DraftKings, hit us up with those too. I have a few in mind that I really like and some really good value for this one. Uh, Robert, Chris, before we jump to Ed, if you have any for this game that you're liking. Irby, you can go first if any pop to you because I just got off my pick there. I'm going to be honest. I meant to say Brett there. Robert hasn't gone yet. Yeah, I, I, I meant to say true, Brett. That's true. Say Brett. I meant to say Brett. It's, I mean, we pick, we pick all the games the same usually, <laughs> so it's pretty easy to get us mixed up. 
we're both we both usually get it right so i mean it's it's tough in these types of games with all the weapons that are out there uh but i like I like Jamar Chase for most receiving yards, a plus 400 for this round. He's got some stiff competition with Tyreek Hill. I'm not quite sure as much about Kelsey. Um, I don't feel like you're going beyond that with like a Debo Samuel. I think he's at plus 4,000. Uh, Jamar Chase is at plus 400. Debo's probably going to be kind of his utility type role, plus he's pretty banged up. And the favorite is Cooper Cup at minus 120. And I don't know. I feel like San Francisco's defense will get into that one a little bit later, but they're 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 pretty good um right now going into this matchup so chase against the chief secondary i mean that's not beyond the realm of possibility here and i get plus 400 odds on that that's worth you know that's worth putting ten down ten dollars down on it's the chief secondary that might be without tyron matthew as well ed your pick for Bengals and chiefs I'm going to rip through these pretty quick here because a lot of this stuff was already said, but I like the Chiefs to cover in this game. Um, I feel like they've got – there's a lot to like right now with the Chiefs. Uh, that was a you know an all-time playoff game last weekend, and they'll continue to ride that high um, as long as they don't get jinxed by Jackson Mahomes and Patrick's wife doing crazy stuff in the stadium. But I like the Chiefs to win and cover. Um, I also like the over because I like the Chiefs. and. The Chiefs don't win defensive games, so I'm going to ride the over there as well, um, especially considering who they're playing, which kind of brings me to my prop-ish bet. I don't know if this is considered a prop bet, but I guess it is, which is uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd all to go over 50 receiving yards. Um, that's one of the one of, if not the best, receiving cores in the league, and it's not even really close. Like Tyler Boyd is a very good wide receiver, and he's their third. Pretty sure he's a captain for the Bengals as well, which. Um, just an awesome receiver room that Joe Burrow has to work with. So I think that is a bet that I really like at plus 350. Um, and I think that'll also, that hitting will also help the over hit. So I'm going to go with the Bengals being able to score and they're going to do it through the air. Um, but the Chiefs come out on top in the end. I'll start with, uh, I'll start with my props before I get into, you know, my spread pick. Um, I really like, I think that there's some pretty decent value here in T Higgins as an anytime touchdown scorer. Um, he's at plus 190, and you know Ed hit on just how good he is, how good Chase is, and Boyd. But um, you know Higgins is going to have a lot of opportunities. That's kind of how he and Boyd carve out their roles. Of Chase is the number one, the clear cut. Defenses are focused on him, um, and Higgins has a lot of opportunities in one on ones. And I think that Burrow's going to try to find him at least once in this game, especially because I think this is going to be a higher scoring game. A lot of offense. Another one here, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow to combine for 600 plus passing yards. So that's 300 per quarterback. Basically I'm going to throw out a phrase that I haven't used in a long time. Brett, you know what it is. It's free money plus 150. I mean, come on. These are two, Phenomenal quarterbacks, two of the best in the league. Um, you know, I mean, in a year or two, they may end up being the two best in the league. Like, it, they're just going to yards and yards and yards. That's uh, my take on this. But looking at the game as a whole um, and the spread, I'm on the Bengals. I'm not quite confident enough to take the money line. Um, I just think the Chiefs are overall a little bit better, but I am all in on Burrow. Just making this a fun game. 
Um, the Chiefs' defense has had good moments, but where they have really struggled at times is uh, with mobile quarterbacks. And not just quarterbacks that can run, but quarterbacks that can keep plays alive with their feet and then have the ability as a passer um, to still make plays. Um, so, you know, not as much a scrambling quarterback, but just a guy who can move around in the pocket, keep plays alive, and then hit a deep ball or whatever else. Um, so their pass rush is decent. You know, they've got Chris Jones, they've got Melvin Ingram. Those are some decent names, but a little bit older. Like they, they kind of struggled to keep that contain. Um, if you get past that initial rush, it's, you have a lot of opportunity there as a quarterback to make some plays and quarterbacks who keep those plays alive, um, often find success against the chiefs. I mean, we saw this last week with Josh Allen. It obviously didn't result in a win for the bills, but that was to no credit to the chiefs defense. That was more credit to a coin toss. Um, Josh Allen absolutely lit him up and he was keeping plays alive. He was throwing dudes around like he was. Uh, looked like a young Ben Roethlisberger out there, if I dare say. Um, anyway, the Chiefs' five losses this season have come to Lamar Jackson, uh, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen earlier in the year, Ryan Tannehill, who, who you know, say what you want about how he performed in the uh, last week in the playoffs, but keeping plays alive with his feet and making throws is one of his top qualities. And then Joe Burrow. Those are the five quarterbacks that the Chiefs have lost to this year. And aside from the obvious point of one of those five quarterbacks being the Bengals quarterback, um, I think Burrow is set up well to keep this really, really interesting. Um, I really think this game is going to be a lot like last week's. It's just going to be just this electric, like back and forth between two of the best quarterbacks in the league. It's going to go down to the wire. Um, you know, whoever wins, I do think the Chiefs win, but it's going to be a one possession game. So, you know, looking at this, I think you absolutely hammer that over. 54 feels low. Like these are two great offenses, two not that great defenses. Hammer the over and then bet on the one possession finish because really with the spread at seven, your worst case scenario is a push. Um, so hammer the over, bet on the one possession finish and enjoy the fun. I agree with you on a lot of that, Robert. Go ahead, Brett. Before I hit I'm on. just I just want to pump the brakes a little bit. Are we still buzzing a little too much off of last week? Just a little bit. Or do we I mean like that's where I'm at. I just don't think that the Chiefs after putting up 42 two weeks in a row are going to do it again to make the over hit that easy. I mean, I just and they played probably the second I still I think the second best quarterback in the league. Joe Burrow is probably right there with him. But I think the Bills offense as a whole is more consistent than the Bengals have been all year. So that's why I'm just kind of pumping the brakes a little bit this week, just because I don't know if that can keep up again in the playoffs. That's all. Yeah. And you're, you're a bit relying on big plays, right? Like if you're going to have an over hit in the NFL, that's in the fifties, you're going to need some big plays. You're not going to be able to have sustained drives and get to 50 points in the total, but I think these two teams are just tailor-made for big plays, and that's why I love Mahomes and Burrow to combine for 600-plus passing yards at plus 150. I love plus odds on that. It might be really close there. Um, if the game is being a bit of a blowout, you might see Mahomes start handing the ball off a bit more than usual, but 
I like that one there. I love the over, and I love the over because of the big plays. Tyree killed to have a 50-plus yard touchdown reception. Is plus 450. And it's a ridiculous bet for literally any human to who has ever existed, except for Deshaun Jackson and Tyreek Hill. I think that is not a bad thing to sprinkle on because it's going to be electric when it happens. But as for the game, as for the spread, I agree with what you're saying, Irby, about seven points. And you're basically playing for a push there, right? At seven. Um, My thing about that is you have a quarterback who has played in one playoff game and he played that one playoff game and didn't score a whole lot. And quite frankly, I thought plug played one of the weaker one seeds that we've seen recently. The Titans are are a good team, but um, you know, they're not the Kansas city chiefs and, you know, Nashville's a fun town, but it's not Arrowhead. I found something really interesting on Twitter that our good friend Shane Graham, former Virginia Tech kicker, uh, something that he was in a Twitter conversation about. In October, Joe Burrow had a quote that says, it gets way louder in the SEC than in any of these NFL stadiums. Now, uh, a guy, Lawrence Tynes, who... Um, you know, covers multiple sports in New York. He said, to be fair, Joe has never played at Arrowhead. Having said that, he's in for a rude awakening. There is literally no louder place in sports. Arrowhead does have the world record for loudest outdoor sporting event. And there were some disagreements. People are like, oh, Death Valley and the swamp, much, much louder. Shane Graham, who coached at Florida and played at Virginia Tech, he said, having played or coached at all of these stadiums, I promise you, Arrowhead is louder, probably among the best away game atmospheres I've seen in the NFL and the only NFL stadium that compares to a big college atmosphere. So you're having a guy who has coached in the SEC, played at Virginia Tech and played in the NFL, and he says Arrowhead is the toughest. It's the loudest. I don't think the crowd will make a monster difference, but for me, it's really hard to bet against that crowd and how well the Chiefs have played at home. Um, if this game was, you know, played on a neutral site for some reason, I would love the Bengals. If this game was being played at Cincinnati, I would love the Bengals. But because it's being played in Kansas City, I have a tough time rationalizing this game being within a possession. So. I like the Chiefs. I think they're going to, it's going to be a really good game, but I think the Chiefs are going to win relatively comfortably. And I love the over, and I love both quarterbacks to to, to play really well. Um, end of the day, Chiefs in this one. All right, anything else for this game before we round it out and head to the NFC? Yeah, that was the last thing I was going to say, Sam, is like, are we sure that the, the Bengals are going to be able to put up points like, I think Titans defense is better than the – they are better than the Chiefs defense. I mean, they are. But, I mean, offensively, not really a whole lot happened for the Bengals last week, even though it was, you know, not one of the four walk-off games that happened. You know, it was exciting. You kind of forget about what transpired offensively in that game for most of the – there was only one touchdown scored, I believe. It was four field goals. So, I mean, you just got to kind of – that's just something to always think about. I yeah. just – and, I'm just pumping the brakes a little bit this week. And here's my thing with this is, you know, for the Chiefs, 
Tyron Matthew is he still hasn't practiced this week. He's still in concussion yeah, protocol. That'll be that that'll that'll be huge for if the he league. doesn't play, they're nothing defensively. Uh and then Chris Jones Chris even if their he, defensive even if tackle he plays without practicing, like he's still, you know, he's gone a whole week without practicing, even if he does play, you know. Yeah, well, I, it, I, feel, but I feel like the Chiefs did actually okay last week without well, Adam. He went out on the first play of the game. I mean, if you really think about it, against Josh, Josh Allen killed him on the ground. I mean, if you really, if you want to come down and do it, Josh, they just started running Josh Allen towards the end of that game. Then obviously, when 25, the def, both defenses were absolutely gassed. So they put up 25 points in three minutes and 12 seconds or whatever it was. So I just. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're, we're not worried about the Chiefs being able to score, especially at home. But with the Bengals, they've been up and down offensively, but I think they're so reliant on the big play. And we've seen Kansas City give up the big play time and time again this year. It makes me feel good about the over in this one. Yeah. And I, I, uh, one thing I forgot to mention when I was talking about the Chiefs pass rush, um, I mean, that's what the Titans, I mean, obviously Burrow got sacked nine times, but the Titans have a brutal, front seven um it's probably other than derrick henry it's like the best quality of their team is what they have up front i mean jeffrey simmons was unblockable um because he's just a beast like a huge just beast and the chiefs don't have a guy like that and they don't have guys like bud dupree and landry on the outside that can rush the passer like um i just think burrow despite the fact that his offensive line is awful like I, th- I think that became pretty clear that the line is terrible. Burrow's not going to be nearly as pressured as he was um, last week, and I think that that just will mean a lot more for the Chiefs. All right, well, let's move on to the NFC Championship game and a championship game that I think the the two teams in this game are kind of surprising with how they fared during the regular season. Two teams from the West that were up and down all year, but here they are. The San Francisco 49ers are plus three and a half and plus 150 money line against the Los Angeles Rams. This game will be on Fox at 630. The over-under is 46 and a half. Brett, Niners, Rams. I think the Niners luck is going to run out here. I think I'm hammering the Rams. I feel way more confident in this game than I did than I do the other one, even though I was saying I was, I'm going with the Chiefs, even with that big of a spread in a playoff game. Um I think the Niners, their wheels started, they started turning. Like they paid people say they peaked at the right time. I think they did peak at the right time coming into the playoffs. Um, nine and seven team, you know, they kind of squeaked in there, but they've been grinding out games kind of against what Kyle Shanahan's teams have. Well, I guess really it's what Kyle Shanahan's teams have always done. That's how they got the Super Bowl last time. They, grind, they grinded out a bunch of games. But I think this is like, People say the Bengals are the team of destiny. I feel like the Rams might be the team of destiny, especially after what happened last week. I mean, after that game, I was like, this is this is the best playoff game I've ever watched. Like, I don't know if I've seen anything like this before. And then, obviously, we had know what happened later that evening. But, I mean, I think this is, like, the team of destiny with Matthew Stafford. I think they're going to just – I think they're going to run over the 49ers. I don't really think it's going to – even though the 49ers had their number all year, I think this is where McVeigh – he figures it out. The Rams are on it, and they get it done. Um, this is my lock is uh, Rams minus three and a half. Yep. Yep. All right. I'm, I'm once again, trying not to be super uh, as a, uh, a begrudged Packer fan in all of this. Try not to uh, take too much stock in that. But 
Um, I kind of went back and forth on this game a little bit because, to be honest, there, I mean, amongst all the weighted ratings, uh, DVOA, uh, PFF, these are two fairly even teams um, and even kind of rosters. When you look at, you know, I'm not necessarily sure what the overall health status is for a certain few of the players on the 49ers, and that'll mean a great deal going into this game because you saw guys uh, like Debo Samuel kind of limping around towards the end of that game. Um, I'm not sure what exactly is going to be his full go health status going into this game. That's a huge factor because he's their number one playmaker. And then uh, I, I believe George Kittle as well uh, took a pretty good hit. Um, so he, he's definitely banged up going into this. And that's, you know, that's two essentially uh, heavy, heavily critical teams for the Niners um, in any game, especially one going uh, potentially for a Super Bowl uh, run here. But um, I, I think this comes down to a few things. One, Shanahan just seems to have Sean McVay's number as a coach. I, I think uh, what they won the last was it four straight? Um, looking up here, six, six straight. Sorry, um, I think all time too. Uh, they just he, certain teams just seem to have your 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 number and your I don't know. Just kind of have an understanding of what it is you're trying to run against them, and also in terms of just the fit and the styles of play against each team. Um, I don't know if the Rams know how to truly stop this Niners attack, because to be honest, I don't know what the Niners are necessarily going to do from game to game because they have such a unique way of attacking you every single time that they play. They played two games this year and they looked completely different in how they beat the Rams each time. Um, and so I don't necessarily know what I can expect. I believe the first game they played in the season and Jimmy G threw for like a hundred and like something yards this was at home and they won by 31 to 10 and then in the next game they won by three on the road in the rams and jimmy g threw for over 300 yards uh so i do feel like not only do they have the ability to scheme up to beat you but also if the game's going a certain way i feel like they have very good uh adjustments across the board for all of their coaching and obviously that was pretty prevalent in the green bay packers matchup so I try not to take too much uh, stock in the Rams' ability to beat Brady at home, which is a huge task in and of itself, um, even though they were clinging on for dear life towards the end of that game. Um, but, I mean, the Niners beat Green Bay in Wisconsin, so that's also another one where, yeah, it doesn't have as much current uh, prevalence here, but that's still a tough task to do, especially in the conditions that they have. So, uh, team of destiny, to me, we always see these teams kind of like the Giants' runs in the uh, 2007 eight playoff run, as well as the 2010 and 11 or the 2011 and 12 playoff run. I can't remember which year that was, but uh, the, the difference is, is Jimmy G is a far worse quarterback than Eli Manning was. So let's not split any hairs over that comparison, but I do feel like he just has the ability to get the job done. Uh, he has a phenomenal impact as a leader on the team. I feel like guys just kind of go to bat for him and three I maybe thought is maybe a toss up, but if I'm getting value of an extra half point in this game, so the three and a half, that kind of tipped my scales back towards the 49ers. So uh, I'm not trying to put the hex on them by picking them as an underdog. Yes, I'm on both dogs this week. Uh, the one thing I also love too, and just in terms of just against the spread trends, uh, San Francisco was 11 and eight this year, uh, 60% with a 3.7 margin of victory. So that's even with some of the up and downs that they've had. So they've been. Uh, fairly consistent as a solid against the spread type pick team. And this game is right at that margin. Um, so given the head coaching matchup, given the propensity for just 
picking a picking a dog team of destiny. I'm rolling with both dogs and hoping to hit on one. And uh, because of this game, I do like a couple prop bets that I'll lead into. If we're not going to wait for that segment until after everybody's done here, but um, any non quarterback to throw a touchdown pass on Championship Sunday here today plus eleven hundred. I kind of like Debo Samuel to try to see if he can throw a touchdown pass. If not, maybe the Rams reach into the well and OD, uh, OD, Odell Beckham throws uh, one for the Rams. I just feel like one of these teams is going to kind of, I don't know, like a kitchen sink style of game, and they're going to pull every play they have out of the playbook, and I think it's going to be a non-traditional score that happens. Um, another one, and this one would have to be basically putting all – I mean, the prop bet is all – quarterbacks throw at least 250 passing yards this weekend it's plus 500 i mean you have to think that mahomes burrow and even Stafford are going to eclipse that so you're basically betting on whether or not you think jimmy g can and surprisingly in all six of those games that he's faced in his kind of you know being a part of the the niners facing the rams He's been either right around 250, like maybe a few or a few yards less or over. It's only been one time. I think he, th- he threw for like 180, um, which I think was actually this year, the first game they played this year. So uh, worth a flyer on that one as well. Um, I think he might surprisingly do a little bit more for them on the offensive side of the ball in this game. Um, so give me that prop bet as well. But I am taking the Niners uh, begrudgingly because I'm, I'm not a fan of the 49ers overall as a franchise, but I have to respect what they're able to do and how they're able to kind of play up against this specific matchup in this team. So over to Ed. I am not taking the Niners. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to bet on any more quarterbacks who can't throw the ball. And I don't think Jimmy G can throw the ball. I think he's very similar to the 49ers are very similar to the Titans and the run first, play really good defense, control the clock mentality that Garoppolo and Tannehill play with. And, that bit me in the butt last week. So I'm going to roll with the Rams here. I think Matt Stafford, you know, maybe not as playing the best ball he's ever played, but he's always been a very good quarterback and he's finally in a situation um, worthy of his skill set. And the Rams have done such a good job assembling that roster, um, getting guys, you know, they've obviously leveraged all draft capital they've ever had for, um, you know, this season and this run and, you know, going out and getting guys like Von Miller and then picking up Odell and all that kind of stuff, everything that's come with that. Um, they're a really good team, and they've got, you know, arguably the best defensive player in the league to go along with a competent quarterback or probably above-average quarterback um, and just weapons all over the field for him to get the ball to. So I really like the Rams. Um, but I am going to go with the under. I think it'll be a lower-paced game. I think a lot of Cam Akers and Elijah Mitchell um, in this one. And then the one, like, prop bet, I have is Odell Beckham and Kittle combined for over 150 yards. I think um, Odell will have, you know, he's had a great success since coming over the Rams, caught a lot of touchdowns. He finally got out of that horrendous organization that is the Cleveland Browns, right, Sam? Um, and he's found a lot of really good success. And George Kittle's the man, um, absolute stud. That catch he had last week, uh, I think it was like a 30-yard reception where he just absolutely outmuscled the guy. Um, on the along the sideline, he's a stud, and I think he'll be able to have a really good game um, and a loss, and ultimately in a loss. But I, I really like those two guys that have good games. So they must combine be- those up, you get pretty good odds, and um, let it ride. The, the, I love doing the player bets. It's kind of been the thing I've had the most fun with 
uh, the back half of the NFL year. So they must be giving him those new gloves in LA because Could his be. issue Could in Cleveland was him dropping the ball quite literally every time it was thrown to him. So maybe he didn't have to catch as many gloves. He didn't have to catch as many ducks or uh, mistimed passes, you know? Yeah, he's getting he's getting real dimes. But yeah, those are my picks. It, you know what? I While we're on those props, um, of the three we have listed here for the conference specials, I'll just go over them real quick. Uh, Debo Samuel to have one rushing and one receiving touchdown. I don't like that. That's asking for a lot of goal line use from a player. I don't like it. Elijah Mitchell and Cam Akers to combine for 150 plus rushing yards. Who knows who's going to be the running back for the Niners? Never bet on a Niners running back. And do you really want to hand the ball off to Cam Akers after what he did against Tampa Bay? 24 carries for 48 yards and three fumbles. No, you're not handing the ball off to that guy. I hate that bet too. And then Odell Beckham and George Kittle to combine for 150 plus receiving yards. That's a lot of receiving yards for a tight end and a not number one wide receiver. And at plus 175, I don't think that's worth the money. Um, I don't like that one either. So I don't like any three of those. Uh, Robert, your picks for the game. Now, Sam, since you sent those uh, specials to us, DraftKings did add one more. Um, and that one is Cooper Cup to have 100 plus receiving yards and the LA Rams to score 33 plus points. And the odds on that are plus 400. And you know what? I like it. I don't love it, but I like it. I, I like definitely that too. like the, I do like that one. I like the I like the Cooper Cup. He's definitely going to get over 100 yards. I mean, that goes without without saying. I mean, he's he's a triple crown winner as a wide receiver this year, like he's been the best receiver in the league this year. That's not even close. The question is, will the Rams score 33 or more points? Um, looking at the spread here and just how I feel like this game is going to go. I do think they're going to score 33 or more. That seems like a big ask with, you know, the 49ers defense being what it is. However, and especially given the fact that uh, the history here of Shanahan being six and zero against McVay, it, it does make me feel kind of icky <laughs> betting against that type of history. However, I did pick against Tom Brady last week and it paid off. So I think the Rams are just the better team, just like I thought last week. Um, and again, I mean, McVay's got that 0-6 record versus Shanahan. But one thing about this Rams run is that it's kind of been full of just like exercising these demons um, that this team has had. like. For example, like Matthew Stafford finally gets his first playoff win, you know, as they just absolutely dominated the Cardinals. And then also, like we saw the Rams withstand a comeback from the greatest quarterback of all time and his defending Super Bowl champion team. Like, do you know, I, it's it's crazy how rare it is to see yeah, a I team mean, take they're... multiple sucker punches. Their playoff right one run right now is is pretty remarkable considering how good the Cardinals yeah. looked at points this year. And just to decimate a quarterback talent like Kyler Murray in the first round. Um, yep. Especially a Cardinals team that whooped them this year. Um, and then to go down to Tampa Bay and win that yep. game. I, I don't think a team has been playing better over the last few weeks than the Rams have been. And that's why I'm no, I agree. And that's why, game. well, go ahead. 
Yeah, you got to handle yeah, the Rams. Throw this in. I'm hammering the Rams. I'm locking in the Rams. I think that the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. That's how good I feel about the Rams right now. I, I don't. I, I'm going to have a hard time picking against the Chiefs in that game, but I love them in this game. And uh, their team total for this game is 24 and a half. I like that over as well. It's kind of a scary one because of how good the Niners have looked on defense, but I just think the Rams can hit you in so many different ways. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see Jimmy G get the turnovers here. He avoided too many of the mistakes against Green Bay and ended up saving them the game. I think you might see a couple interceptions here that put the Rams in good position. Uh, this Rams team is just so talented. I think, I, I think they're, I think they're the real deal. I think over under for this game is a little bit scary at 46 and a half, even though I do like the Rams to cover their team total. I'm not super confident in the Niners scoring abilities. I think this could be a game that ends up like 27, 17, 27, 20, something like that. So you'd be right there on that edge for the over under. So I don't love it either way. Just want to say we got to put some historical context on here. So, really, other than last year, the host city team never wins the Super Bowl. It took the greatest Ever. Super Bowl winning quarterback of all time to break that Super Bowl curse. And that was Tom Brady last year winning in Raymond James in Tampa Bay. So you now go from a entire history of the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl curse into back-to-back years of having the home team win it with it and being in SoFi in LA this year? Is that is that feasible? Is that possible? You think we're there, Ruby? Well, here's my counter to that. Though the game is being played in Los Angeles, it's not like the Rams have a home field advantage anyway. So I think you can kind of throw that metric out. A, you know, a technicality is what you're banking on. Yeah, a technicality. I mean, All right, I'm going okay. with the larger have, juju here. Well, that's fair. But I have another. So I asked a question last week uh, that we turned into a Twitter poll, and I have another one here that I think would possibly be a fun Twitter poll. But which quarterback that wears number 12 is the most likely to be in San Francisco next year? Tom Brady. Or Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers, Rodgers. Brady's not even not even going to cool. He's not even going to cool air. <laughs> All right, think about this. Think about this. He is from California, and they're, they're both from Bay. The wheels yeah. both are right. Right, they both are. The wheels are kind of starting to fall off in Tampa. Like they're going to have a lot of free agents. Um, Chris Godwin's not going to be back until midway through next year with his late ACL tear. Antonio Brown's gone. Bruce Arians Leftwich. might retire. Byron Leftwich is, is going Jaguars? to get a head coaching job. Jaguars is and if Tom Brady, right? Mm-hmm. And so if Tom Brady decides not to retire, and he decides because Tom Brady at this point, if he's going to play, he's trying to win a championship. So he's not interested in the Bucks rebuild. He's not same way he wasn't interested in the Patriots rebuild. If he's going to go somewhere, I feel like San Francisco is the play. Also, with Rodgers, can you really join the team that is absolutely kicking your butt? Like, can you do that? Like, can you pull a Kevin Durant? 
if you can't beat them, join them. But I will say there's a higher likelihood that, I mean, if Brady goes back to the Silicon Valley, it's going to be because he has some sort of new Bitcoin firm that he is starting up and he's giving like uh, 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 mock turtleneck TED Talks about his new ownership group that he's going through. Uh, I, I don't know, but I see that as a lesser likelihood than San Francisco taking a one-year flyer on Tom Brady uh, for that purpose. Um, I mean, do you have or the field and then do a negative odds and then I can get plus odds? On I mean, I mean yeah, I feel like that's the, a better, the, I feel like that's a the better field prospect. is like the field's like minus 300, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, don't, that, but. I don't see, um, I don't see San Francisco being, being the answer there. It does make sense, but there's, there's something in my gut that, that says no. Um, I can tell you where it's a good fit for Aaron Rodgers easily. Cleveland Browns. I don't think that's going to happen. Don't either. do this. I don't think it's going to happen. Either. Do we have to do a, a, a prepared prop bets for this next, for the Super Bowl weekend and try to find some free agent kind of prop bets? I feel like that would be a lot of fun to add to it because it's only one game. They might be up there. I mean, they've had them before. Draft Kings, if you are listening, let's come up with free agency and high-level possible scenario of Aaron Rodgers' prop bets. Uh, I feel like that would be a lot of fun to be able to put some money out on. But If Rodgers wants to be on the same level as – not he won't never be able to just be on the same level as Brady, but if he wants to put his name in like whole, the holy crap category, it, if he goes to Cleveland, Baker Mayfield sits behind him, learns from him for one year, and then they re-sign Baker for the next you know few years after they went under Aaron Rodgers – Aaron Rodgers was a championship in Cleveland. The the Browns roster is not as good as the Packers, and they play in a no, tougher wait, division. Wait, Sam, Sam, if that happens, if that scenario that Brett lays out happens to the exact point that Cleveland wins the Super Bowl, will you rename your dog Aaron? No, I'm not <laughs> renaming my dog Aaron. <laughs> but if they why would I name Super my dog Bowl? Aaron in any world? If they win the Super Bowl. I know no. how badly you want a Super Bowl. I want it with everything in my heart. I want to see Metallica live. I want to see the Browns win a Super Bowl. And those are the two things I want before I die. You can just name them 12. I've given up on tech football like winning a national point. title. So that one's gone. Um, I No, I, I I don't think the Browns roster is as good as ESPN wants, you to, wants to tell you it is. Like there's some huge deficiencies. If he couldn't win with the Green Bay roster, he didn't have a shot at the Brown, with the Browns roster um, in a tougher division, especially next year, once the Ravens aren't, you know, crippled. <laughs> so I, I, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if both of them are done playing football. I really wouldn't. Yeah. I, I think really you have wouldn't. to kind of take this all with a grain of salt. Cause everyone does with the, amongst all the teams that Brady was forecasted to go to before he ultimately went to Tampa Bay. That wasn't a home run at the time. People didn't see that coming uh, as much as they were forecasting for other teams. I mean, because of Jameis leaving his stink on that franchise in terms of just how mediocre they were, no one really even knew the defense was as good as it possibly could be. Plus, it took them pulling in a bunch of Brady's friends into that franchise as well to add to that roster, as well as the fact that they didn't have Leonard Fournette. If you remember, it was Ronald Jones III who was the starting running back um, and you know, you had Bruce Arians was always kind of like a, I don't know, he wasn't necessarily seen as an upper tier can't miss type head coach. So there was a lot of convincing. Plus, 
the fact that it was in 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 sunny Tampa Bay, Florida. So that doesn't hurt when you're you're doing your TB12 workouts in the middle of winter uh, after the football season. So New Orleans is another interesting team that I was just about to say that. Without Aaron Sean Rodgers. Payton, I don't know about that one as well. Well, here's anymore, the thing. Well, it depends on who the coach is. Aaron Rodgers can pick whoever he wants to be that head coach. Correct. And that's where I feel like he's a relationships guy as the tenant, as the, as the resident Packer fan here. He absolutely loves his offensive coordinator and Nathaniel Hackett. He's getting interviewed for head coaching jobs. He'll be shopped around at a bunch of different ones. I think he just got done doing the ad interview coach for, I believe it was the Broncos, which everyone pointed to oh, previously. I, I so everyone. if that does happen, then that would be one where it's the most ready roster and it's further enough out west. And I don't think Rogers really cares about playing in some sort of like subtropical type climate. He just wants to go to a good staff with relationships there and a good roster overall. But like I said, we'll, we'll leave this to the overall draft teams to kind of come up with profits on that one. Cause I really feel like as the next few weeks go by and you start getting a more honed in an understanding of what he's going to do, you know, that would be one that would be great. Plus it's not like he controls his destiny. Each of these teams has to actually trade for Rogers. He can't necessarily just go somewhere and sign a free agency. So that's a little bit of a difference as well, but I digress. Well, fellas, those are the, those are the football games this weekend. That's what we got. Uh, we will be, covering sports other than football very, very soon. I believe college basketball is next on the schedule. And after that, it's going to be a smorgasbord of all fun types of things. Basically, this spring will be a giant charcuterie board of of gambling picks for you. Uh, on the locks of Saturday, we'll have golf, we'll have basketball, we'll have baseball if that ends up being played leaning towards yes after a few good conversations, hopefully. Uh, all types of fun stuff for you this spring. If you have Draft any Kings. suggestions, I was going to say DraftKings also just uh, threw out some odds for the Academy Awards. So it doesn't even have to be sports. It literally you know, be you anything. Could th- you could throw a nice little we have a, a sophisticated bet at licorice, pizza, at licorice Pizza for best picture, plus 1,400. There, there is a level of sophistication to the lock. So instead of just a smorgasbord, maybe maybe some tapas, some nice fine selections, you know, maybe some little tiny plates. Just 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 the general nature of things that we could possibly bring to the audience here to possibly gamble away their hard-earned dollars on. Absolutely. And don't forget the Daytona 500. Yeah. The Daytona 500. I'm just picking Denny Hamlin. He's the only driver I know. If if the Academy Awards is the top is played, the Daytona 500 is like the Texas County Fair where you can get fried everything or whatever that is. So, And I love both of them. So go. Uh, I'm all in. All in for him. Well, that'll wrap us up for tonight. Hit us up on Twitter at Locks of Saturday and at Sons of Sat. VT. Awesome stuff hitting up on the website. We'll be covering baseball soon. Continual coverage of basketball, continual coverage of football, offseason. Really fun stuff from all of us at Sons of Saturday. Have a good night. And Robert, it's painful, but we got to end it with it. Go Hokies.
Every morning they ignite Bright Isabella, I'm thinking it through Everything I gotta do Burdens on the very lines That they drew to 